This video is brought to you by 86. Pick up video game apparel from Skullgirls and Monster Hunter World. 86.com slash question mark AFF equals 4. And let them know that we sent you. Everybody, welcome to another episode or another video clip of Mission Star Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bianis. Now, I have to. This was breaking news today. As a, this recording is, is Monday, it is the 18th of November. Um, this news broke out when I was at work today, and there was no way I was not going to skip this big news because this is personally, this is big for me as well. And um, I'll just get straight right into it <laughs> as far as like what that was. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is reported from TheVerge.com. Valve announces Half-Life Alex, its first flagship VR game. It's written by Sean Hollister. Two years and nine months after announcing it would build three full-length VR games, a number that Valve Software have historically never been able to count before, and one of the most exciting announcements in VR's short history so far, the company has announced today announced Half-Life Alex, the first new game in the acclaimed Half-Life series in a well over a decade. Quote, We're excited to unveil Half-Life Alex, our flagship VR game. This Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Can't wait to share with you all. We don't currently have any details beyond the tweet from Valve above, which appears to be the first tweet from a new Twitter verified Valve software account established in June. But clearly, we'll be learning on learning more on Thursday, presumably, uh, presumably from the social media account at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. But Alex almost certainly first to Half-Life 2 protagonist Gordon Freeman's closest ally, Alex Vance, who was last seen... Who am I kidding? I played Half-Life 2 Episode 2 back in 2007 and when it first came out. I gave up on seeing on, uh, uh, seeing, uh, other game, another game in a series years ago after. And I'm just looking up the synopsis on Wikipedia. Well, I actually applaud the fact that he's actually writing this in, <laughs> in his news story. I, I applaud that. Um... So, uh, I do remember it being a huge emotional cliffhanger. Damn it, Valve, I was finally coming to terms with what was never happening. Despite some of the most influential and critical acclaimed PC games ever, um, Valve has famously never finished either its Half-Life supposed trilogies of games. After Half-Life, Half-Life 2, the company called Half-Life Episode 1 and Half-Life Episode 2, but not a third in, in the series. The closest they've come to, to knowing anything about where Half-Life was headed was the Thinly veiled fanfic from former Valve writer Mark uh, Laylaw. Valve went on to create additional franchises uh, that would also refrain from becoming trilogies, uh, including Team Fortress 2, Portal 2, Portal 2, Left 4 Dead 2, and Dota 2. There's still plenty of room for Half-Life Alex to disappoint, particularly if Valve's definition of a full-length flagship game differs from what you expect. 
but Valve has incentives to do more and to create a conclusion to the Half-Life Saga. In June, we review the Valve Index, perhaps the highest grade VR index, uh, headset yet with impressive controls that let you grip virtual objects with your individual fingers and one that could use some purpose-built games to justify its existence. Um, on, an, on another note, when pinging for comment for Alec, uh, Half-Life Alex, Valve sent me a completely unrelated press release, presumably entirely by coincidence, CSGO Operation Shatter Web available now. Thanks, I guess. So, okay. First things first. One. Um, holy shit, we have a Valve Half-Life game. I had never... I had never, uh, in my lifetime, I would never thought that we would have another Half-Life game at all. Um, the in information, the news, the theories, and why Valve was perfectly fine with what they were doing. They're making hand over fist on Steam. Dota 2 International has always been a success for them every year, making millions of dollars for the players to fight for, and on the side, making a good amount of profit from the uh, companion packs that they would sell for the event. They were in a position where they did not need to make any more games, and there were so many theories and so, ma and so many things that to the point where it all made sense. Why would Valve go out of their way to make another game? Look what happened to Artifact. Look at the high, you know, the high expectations for a Half-Life game is through the through the roof. Um, why make another game like Portal 3? Like why make another Left 4 Dead 3? Like there were so many things that Valve you could have said, and you know, at this point in time, they do not have a reason to. They're making enough money on Steam alone that they don't have to worry about making games ever again. But the thing that and I was pretty and I'm personally myself like I got over it uh, when the writer uh, Mark Laidlaw put out his his synopsis or his vision of what the ending would be and I read I read that uh, top to bottom and I was satisfied with it and I was ready to move on and it's like all right this is probably going to be it from half-life you know i you know this is that, that that was it no more no more i'm done i'm good we had closure now <laughs> Val comes out today or the time of this recording um and then surprise all of us and it's like wait what valve actually wants to make a game again on top of that valve making another half-life game based on Alex Vance like holy shit I'm like oh my god it, it, it surprised the hell out of me and I'm I am very very happy that it exists um, it is for the VR specifically for Valve and um, one of the things that I kept hearing over the years is that um, and it, you know if you line up with the previous Half-Life games um, where Half-Life 1 was an entry that broke the mold on PC and introduces new ideas, new mechanics. Um, and same thing with Half-Life 2, where there were, like, same, same idea. Uh, and I think for Half-Life 2, it was, like, the physics was, like, the biggest thing for them. And that kind of broke the mold in the game industry at that time. So, one of the theories was, like, they wouldn't come back unless they were going to innovate something that nobody has done before. 
and some believe it will be VR. Now, did I believe it when people making those theories? You know, grain of salt. Could 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 not happen. Who knows? Um, but from what I've, what I've been hearing and what people are saying, like you're not quite surprised the fact that the next game is a VR game for Valve. It makes total sense. Valve's trying to trying to sell more on their product on their FTC on their um, VR headset on their VR tech. Um, what's what would be a good way to do it than to put a, a game that people have been long after or have been sought after for the longest time and it's a Half-Life game. I mean, Half-Life 3 would have been the better answer, but a Half-Life game just in general just gets a lot of people excited. So what's, what better way to do to launch it or to uh, to basically tell people to buy a VR headset than with the Half-Life game? Um, and the tea leaves have been there for people have been paying attention. So, uh, and as I said, Valve did make Artifact. Like, they did make another game as well. And I think there was one other game, like, that was related that was like a mobile version for some degree you know don't quote me on that i know i know it's out there i forgot the name of it but valve is slowly getting back into making games now whether this is because maybe they're feeling the pressure of other online store competitively like epic game store um actually i think epic games might be the only big one i mean gog i guess as well humble bundle but they're still the kings of that. Like they're still king of selling games on the PC platform. So as far as like, does that theory hold up? Honestly, I don't think so. I don't know why they're starting to make games again. I'm not complaining, honestly. I'm just trying to figure out the real reason why. <laughs> because, you know, as I said, and as for a lot of people, like before this was like Valve was perfectly fine for where, where they were at. And that what they were doing was making them money and they didn't need to make more games, but apparently they, they, they want to. I know there's people there at Valve that do want to make games and like that not all the devs are just like tied to just working on Steam. I'm pretty sure that a lot of them are, you know, and we, don't get me wrong, and, and let's not forget, there has been so many links, uh, uh, links, uh, leaks of, um, you know, Left 4 Dead 3, Portal 3, um, other stuff regarding their projects that we know and we never you know we, we, we saw screenshots and we saw files and we saw this and that but like we never really got a concrete like are they making it are they not and not to mention that a lot of the people that used to work at Valve um, uh, especially during the Half-Life 2 days like left you know Mark Laidlaw was one of them you know one of the writers uh, as well as many others that um, left that used to make half-life games only and, and you know in, in mark laidlaw's uh pretty much uh his version of the ending you know he he also he also puts in like you know it's not a direct jab but just say a comparison or a metaphor of like the games that the company that valve used to be is not there anymore so he has to move on so and yeah valve it seemed to be that type of company but now things have changed like there's actually people who used to be in that team that i believe some like they were hiring those people back um and there were some other signs as well so we're getting a new half-life it's a vr game i'm very excited to see what this turns out to be we'll get to find out more information this thursday or by tomorrow if you're watching this video um by 10 a.m 
I am very, very curious. Not to mention, let's also let's not discredit the very uh, bottom thing of the uh, the article on the Verge article saying that uh, CS:GO um, is also going through some interesting changes as well, and they're working on apparently there's like new models for CS:GO for the um, for for uh, for the game uh, for uh, both. Uh, oh, what was it? It was uh, <laughs> it was for um, Terrace and um, God, it's been a while. It's been long since I played Counter Strike. It was Terrace and uh, not anti-Terrace. Um, yeah, it was the other side, basically the police. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments below, but yeah, like they also been apparently they've been working on some new stuff for CS:GO or making new models. So Valve is definitely reinvesting into their games, into their mainstays, and um, things are happening now, Valve. So, it, man, are we going to see the Valve of old or makes it both? We'll have to wait and see. But one thing's for sure, um, like uh, my theory on what possibly what this could be, um, my gut is telling me this is going to be a prequel. Actually, hang on. It's actually right here at the very bottom of the, of the article. Uh, check back on Thursday for more, possibly including uh, whether... A rumored March 2020 release date is real, or it'll be potentially spoiled. Ars Technica claims to have sources confirming that Alex will turn out will turn out to be a Half-Life 2 prequel with magnetic gloves for you to wield. Ooh, nice! So almost like oh man, it's like the gravity gun on both your hands. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, confirming. Wow, interesting. So they're saying this gonna be Half-Life 2 prequel. Okay. I'm okay with that. I am perfectly okay. More Half-Life? Yes, please. If this leads me into a Half-Life 3, yes. A hundred times yes. Uh, yeah, I would I would love it. I would love it. Um, interesting. Now with that bit of information regarding you know, what the VR game could potentially be. Oh, man. So, yeah. Probably, yeah. Interesting. So, it would be a first-person... First person, obviously, obviously first person shooter because it's VR. Um, but you're wielding something interesting. Okay. Hmm. I am, man. Uh, I, I. Oh man, like. I wait, wait and see. Wait, wait and see. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm blown away. Like I'm, I never thought I'd never see this until until today. But it, it happened. It, it, it fucking happened. Um. Wait, wait and see. I'll give my thoughts on on the trailer once it goes up, and just man, uh, uh, let's see what happens. I'm excited. Like, let's Valve. If this leads me to Half Life Three, please, I will buy ten of these games. <laughs> I'll buy them ten of them if it happens.
so yes, so I am here. I am ready to give you some some of the latest news in regards to the game industry. And uh, this one is something we talked about prior on this podcast um, regarding Google Stadia, which again it's being brought up for the third or fourth time. But this time, this time around, we actually have some results after the launch. So for those who don't know, um, Google Stadia is a new platform slash device that Google is uh, releasing into the world uh, in regards to their entry into the video game industry. Uh, So they have this platform where all of the games that you'll be playing will be on the cloud streaming. You won't have any physical media. It's all digital. And the digital games that you'll be buying uh, will be through Google Stadia, uh, Google Stadia, which is connected to Chrome, which connect at some point will connect to YouTube. At some point, they'll have other features as well. And they were touting this the entire time during their press conference uh, this past summer. They had a huge press conference talking about what features, talking about how the technology works and how you can go from a tablet to a phone to a computer seamlessly, all with the same game all at the same speed at high resolution. And since then, a lot of things have happened since then. Um, and obviously last time we talked about it, I talked about it, you know, I was saying like, hey, you're gonna only get one impression so far. You're not, you're not, you're not they weren't making any good um, uh, leeway before it came out with, with certain things they said. And lo and behold, after the launch, it got worse actually. Uh, believe it or not. So I'm going to read here two articles specifically regarding this launch. Uh, I'm going to start off with actually, uh, this is off of GameSpot.com. And this is regarding the features missing with Google Stadia. Uh, this is written by Michael uh, Hyham. Um, and uh, Google Stadia, features missing at launch and what to expect updates. Google Stadia is primed and ready to go for those who bought into the Founders Edition, well sort of. The launch of Stadia is rather complicated as there are several features that aren't yet available. Even the hardware package that comes as part of the Founders Edition will gradually roll out to customers. You can get a detailed breakdown of our initial thoughts on the new cloud-based uh, gaming platform in our Stadia review in progress, though we're here to outline the feature, what features are missing from Stadia at launch and what we can expect them to be implemented. While Studio works, uh, while Stadia works across different hardware, the Founders Edition came, uh, comes with a Chromecast Ultra video streaming device, and many device features, I mean specific features, only be available on the device. Several other capabilities are said to come next year as well, such as uh, share state, crowd play, and family sharing, which were touted as, as Stadia-specific features that separated from other platforms. Those who pre-order Stadia's Founders Edition should receive in their units this week by early December. Um, and if you want to purchase a unit now, the, the Premier Edition is currently available, although you have to wait a while for that as well. And they go in as far as like what exactly are is going to be missing or is coming soon. So if you so, so this was was have right this is what it is right now with Google Stadia. So first off, for this is this is remind you this is the features that are missing as of, as of right now. 4K HDR and 5.1 surround sound only on Chromecast Ultra 
for now and will be added to but for PC users in 2020. Stadia controller only works wirelessly with Conquest Ultra, must be wired for PC and mobile, Pixel phones for now, update coming in 2020. Xbox One and DualShock 4 controllers will work on PC and mobile but not Chromecast. Voice assistant features on Chromecast Ultra limited at launch, full integration coming in the future including functionality on PC and mobile. Three month buddy pass will now be in the launch package said to ship soon after. Multiplayer features such as Steam Connect, State Share, and Crowd Play won't be available at launch. The first game to use uh, Stream Connect is set to launch before the end of the year. St uh, State Share and Crowd Play are coming in 2020. Achievement si uh, system won't be Im implemented until 2020 through the platform. We'll track uh, what you've done and award achievements to your account once the feature is live. Family sharing which lets you share purchase games with other accounts is coming early 2020. At launch, only the Chromecast Ultras shipped with the Founders Premier Edition can run Stadia, meaning existing Chromecast Ultras will not uh, will not until a firm... My little weird, hang on. Chromecast Ultras will not until... Okay, yeah. It's not me. It's actually that, it's in the article. Okay, <laughs> a little wordy there, but basically saying that the current Chrome, the current Chromecast Ultras, um, uh, the ones out in the wild right now that you may have, um, there's going to be an update coming shortly after launch day um, regarding running Stadia to some degree or nature of that. Um, let's see. Uh, purchasing games must be done through Stadia mobile app for now. No direct purchasing through a web browser or Chromecast Ultra yet. Google Pixel phones are said to be on, uh, to be the only devices to support Stadia this year. Chrome OS tablets can run Stadia too. Android and iOS support coming in the future. Free games are planned for the future, though there's no schedule yet. Um, so let's take a piece of food in my mouth. So off the bat, a lot of things that they were touting in their press conference, a lot of things that I just said. Um, are not going to be at launch and will come soon after and more likely in 2020. Um, and for a lot of people, when that was a thing that people were sold on is what they're bringing or what they're definitely going to be showing to, you know, coming to the table with. And uh, it's a mighty weak device, bare bones um I, i'm not the only one saying it like there has been plenty of other people who are experiencing the same issues and even even the things that they said they are like technically yes you can do 4k streaming of, of a game but the the problem is at the moment is like some games aren't really true native 4k as i said technically yes what's happening is for such games like oh, I don't know, like Sam Show or you know Mortal Kombat 11, they are like 1080p, but they're but they're being stretched or they're being they're being, um, uh, they're being uh, upscaled to 4K. So it's not so yes, technically it is 4K, but it's not true natively. <laughs> so that 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 part is untrue. <laughs> so. Um, 
just off the bat, like they're just already Google has shot themselves in the foot. And I, and it, it, it feels to me like they don't know what they're doing. Um, the idea of streaming that yes, that the, the, the future of streaming games that that's going to be a, the thing in the future that I think a lot of companies are going for. Uh, not only Google, but you know, Microsoft X cloud is a, a huge, um, uh, it's a huge signifier when it comes to, yes, this is where the industry is going. And there's been more talk about it, not from just from Microsoft and Google, but other companies as well. Um, but if you're going to treat this like a, like a console launch, if it's something that you are definitely going to do, you have to come in with guns blazing and everything ready to go and not, hey, we just need to put this out there and then, you know we'll have the other features come in bear in mind this is just a founders pack this isn't the actual public at large uh units that will be sold one, one day i don't know when that will be um and if this is what if this is what it is right now if this is if uh, if the founders pack the people it early adopters getting their stated controllers and Chromecast to then realize what's missing and what's not going to be there at launch. It's 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 already making Google look bad, but this is a very very um, bad sign for Google when it comes to wh whenever the other thing launches. Um, if they say that the other features are coming, my question is then when is the other the main like you know when is the widely available uh, Chromecast? Uh, and, and this Stadia coming out, like, is it, because if it's at this current state as it is, it's already dead in the water. I mean, to be fair, it, it probably is at this moment and probably in the future, because if anything, and I said this in the, in the, in the prior videos, look at what Microsoft is doing with streaming. Look what they're doing with how they're approaching, um, cloud gaming and how they're doing it so perfectly saying it's in beta saying that you will get to incorporate the entire um, xbox game pass into uh into the cloud once it is up and running and all these features and the difference is is microsoft has shown not only that they've done the talk but actually have shown and <laughs> shown it like they've done they've done both they talked it and they walked it while Google is very much unknown, it's like they've done a lot of talking. Yes, they did a presentation on it. Yes, they spoke about what they're going to plan the presentation to, you know, what features are coming. But uh, they're already off a bad foot. Bad foot. And it's going to be very hard for them to come back. Uh, this is a follow up in an article uh, from Eurogamer.com uh, written by Weasley Yim Pool. Uh, Google responds to stadium owners accused it for breaking promises over game performance. Google has issued a statement after it was accused by breaking promises over the performance of Stadia games. Last week, website 9to5Google accused Google of lying about the performance of Stadia games after emerged key titles were not running at 4K resolution and 60 frames per second. The reality of Stadia is an issue of many owners streaming tech because it contradicts statements made by Google and executives to run, up, to run up to release and because Google is locking up to 4K quote unquote, resolution behind its $8.99 a month Stadia Pro subscription. In promoting Stadia, Google staff on stage that 
it, its GPU is more powerful than Xbox One X and PS4 Pro combined. Um, in a tweet post in October, Stadia chief uh, Phil Harrison said all games are launched support at 4K. So I repeat that. Uh, in a tweet posted in October, Stadia chief Phil Harrison said all games at launch support 4K. We designed Stadia to enable 4K 60 with appropriate t- TV and bandwidth, Harrison said. We want all games to play 4K 60, but sometimes artistic artistic reasons a game uh, is 4K 30, so Stadia always streams at 4K 60 via 2X encode. Um, so it's nice. I'll say this before I read the the, the statement they put out regarding the, uh, what everybody's saying. It's nice to want things, but you know, <laughs> if you don't know if they're going to be you know available, why say it? Why make a your 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 grave digger um, deeper than it should be? And then so here's the statement I want to get want to get into because this is. The whole lot of nothing, but it lays the, the blame on the feet of the developers as well. Stadia streams at 4K and 60 frames per second, and that includes all aspects of our graphics pipeline from games to screen, GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra, all outputting at 4K to 4K TVs with the appropriate internet connection. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best ex- streaming experience for every game, like you see on all platforms this includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality we give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on stadia and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve uh for day one we expect that many developers can and in most cases will continue to improve their games on stadia and because stadia lives in our data centers Developers are able to innovate quickly while delivering even better experiences directly to you without the need for game patches or downloads. So what, what, what happened? Oh, see, I think this is not part of the code. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah. So, Google, you already, you already, you already bought your launch. You have already kind of went back on what's going to be a launch or what's coming to Stadia until a later date. Um, and on top of that, you put out a statement that it has a lot of nothing and then at the same time lay the way, lay the blame on the developers. <laughs> and for those who don't know, you know, I'm not reading between the lines, which, which, you know, part of that statement read that. I'll read, I'll read this, uh, this particular statement right here, or this line again. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best streaming experience for every game. Like you, all, like you see on all platforms, that includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality. We give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and framing on Stadia. We are impressed with uh, uh, Stadia, and we are impressed with what they are able to achieve for day one. There you go. That that they're basically saying that, hey, we are working on getting these features on Stadia as soon as we can. There are things that we said that were, you know, we hope to be have it uh, ready for launch, but didn't. But also, 
if you want to be angry at us, be angry at the developers for not utilizing what they can to for a true 4K experience. Paraphrasing, obviously, and this is what my take on, on, on what they're saying and trying to read in between the lines, but I'm not alone in this. I, I you know, reading what other people have seen and, and hearing what other people have talked about in other podcasts, they kind of come to the same conclusion that Google's kind of laying the way, laying the blame on the developers for not developing the games, um, not developing the games in, in a way to where, hey, they're not in 4K, so why aren't they in 4K? Well, it's, you know, it's their fault, the people reporting it. So, you don't want to alienate your fan base and your developers that just signed on to make games or to uh, port their games onto your uh, platform. It's not a smart way to do it. And, you know, maybe in a year, like when, when all said and done, like maybe, you know, we'll come back to it and say, like, hey, Google Stadia actually is working. It has a bunch of stuff that they promise is now in. Um, but, man, Google is shooting themselves in the foot badly. <laughs> Bad launch, a lot of features missing, and already making their core audience and the developers that they have brought on to make games for um, already mad at them. It's a very, very bad start for Google Stadia. Um, so we'll see. It's a, it's a time will tell situation and it's definitely going to be something where I'm going to be very curious to see how it goes. Uh, but, you know, off the bat, just kind of uh, as things develop, as, you know, we learn more and more about Google Stadia and just the things they have still got to figure out. It's not looking good. It's not really looking good for them. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. But uh, it's, it's tough. It's very tough for them to get to come back. Very, very, very tough for them to come back in, in the situation. It's happened with Xbox One. When Don Matrick went on stage and when that whole fuffle happened... Uh, it took a very long time for them to recover, and it eventually did. Um, but the key difference here between what happened with Microsoft and what's happening with Google, Microsoft was in the shit when that happened, and they turned it around. But it took a long time. It, Don Matrick left, and then we had... Uh, no, I won't say Phil Harrison. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, we have the other guy right now that's currently the current head of uh, Microsoft that's been leading the charge and making that change and fixing things and getting ready for the next generation, essentially. Um, and people know Microsoft. People know their pedigree. And people know that, you know, they have games that people, you know, you know first party or not, you know, that like that there was some pedigree there from, from Microsoft. Google, first time in the game industry... First time for everything, quite literally. And again, you got one chance to make an impression. If your impression is not good, it's going to haunt you for a very long time. And the narrative is Google Stadia's launch was horrible. Google's lie to people about what's coming to the platform or on launch day. And now people are going to be very dismissive of Google Stadia and as far as like, you know, will this ever make profit? I don't know. I I don't think it will. 
at the moment. Not to mention, again, let's not remind you about the internet infrastructure in the US and how that's going to affect these cloud-based game systems, specifically Google Stadia, because Google Stadia is all cloud-based. Microsoft has, Microsoft has the option to go, you know, xCloud is just an option. It's not their main thing. They have Game Pass. They have Xbox consoles and games um, that are still hardware or digital. Like, they're not dependent on the cloud. Google is. And that's going to be hard for them to come back and to fix everything. And I feel like they're just trying to just figure it out as it goes. And, you know, it's not looking good, Google. It's not looking good, but we'll see. I mean, make a liar, make a liar out of me. Go ahead and, and I, I dare you. <laughs> uh, and we'll have another conversation in another year. But yeah. Now, I did talk about it prior and the fact that, you know, if this was a real thing or not and how excited I was for it and just what it could possibly be. Um, and I'm happy to say after this past week, it's a real thing. Um, Half-Life Alex is a real thing and it is uh, it's awesome. I can, man, let me start with the article. Uh, this is of Kotaku.com written by Nathan Grayson. Half-Life Alex takes place between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. Half-Life Alex, you might be dismayed to learn, is definitely not Half-Life 3, but it is a new full-length Half-Life game, Valve said today. It will be out in the, on March. In a press release, Valve said the game, first announced earlier this week, to surprise confusion and memes from fans, has been designed from the ground up for VR but it's still very much Half-Life game in that it features world exploration, puzzle sol solving, visceral combat, and in, in, uh, interactivity, woven story that connects it all with the characters iconic to the Half-Life universe. Uh, it is set between events half of 1 and 2 stars Alex, as the title suggests. Alex Vance and her father Eli secretly bound the resistance of the brutal occupation of Earth by a mysterious alien race known as the Combine. Reads the uh, game description. As Alex, as Alex players, or as Alex, players take to, fight, uh, take to the fight to the Combine to save the future of humanity. Despite uh, abstaining being in a pillar app for, its own, uh, for Valve's own VR headset, the Valve Index Half-Life Alex will be compatible with all PC-based VR headsets when it released in March 2020. Screenshots thus far depict this Alex having the hands, which is something that was technically already canon. <laughs> what? Wait. Okay, I, I guess so. Alright. Um, yes, she has hands. Uh, <laughs> um, but now her hands are uh, are, are your gloves, uh, your, um, your hands. Uh, but now her hands are your hands, and you get to use items like the enticingly named uh, gravity gloves. 
if they are not somehow involved in a game fetch with dog. Um, I'll eat a four trigger. I, well, I, I, four gun? I don't know. That one, that, words are hard sometimes, guys. Words, words are hard. Um, and in the follow-up, there's more more details regarding the game and development. Um, so it is it, the game is being developed not only by some of the old vets of uh, Valve, but they also brought the people from Campo Santo into work on the game, which they I guess ceased development at the moment for Valley of the Gods to work on this game. Um, and as far as that game goes, like we don't know when exactly they'll go back to it or you know make the next one. So we have to wait and see. But their hands are occupied with this game, and they have been for the past several years, I guess. Um, there was a so Chef Keeley did in like an interview right afterwards when the trailer dropped. Uh, just kind of ask him questions like you know like you know why why now why the VR aspect why Half Life Three and one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I was watching that video was one of the theories that have been thrown out there for a long time as far as like they wanted to make a Half-Life 3 but they were just too um they were just too uh uh afraid like they were they were really just like do not just, do not want to tackle it like they are they like said like they were like afraid to, to tackle the whole project so that was one of the things that stood out to me is like they want to do it, but they don't know how to, um, and they're afraid to take on that ambition. It will never live up to anybody's expectations because it's so high. So, VR Half Life for them is basically just an attempt, or and just a basically a way for them to say, "Hey, maybe we can do something in this universe," um, and maybe this is a leeway to Half Life Three, which kind of Jeff Kelly was kind of poking them at him and it's like hey man make half life three please <laughs> and even gabe gabe newell kind of came went out there and said like you know he's excited that we're making half-life games again which i mean to be fair you know not to not to be the not to be that guy but come on come on gabe seriously <laughs> we've been wanting a half-life game for 10 plus years yeah we we, we yes we love half-life we want to see games for it a lot of people are excited about this. That's why there's a lot of people except for half of Alex, even though it's a VR game. <laughs> um, and, I'll, and I'll read a little bit of a quote from here, actually. So this is a quote here from the actual interview. Um, quote, back in 2016, when we started this, Half-Life was uh, just terrifying. So Half-Life 3 was a terrifying, daunting pr uh, perspective, said Walker. And I think, to some extent, VR was a way we could fool ourselves into believing we had a way to do this. The way the gravity gun helped us in Half-Life 2, it became a temple you could wrap uh, so much around. So VR became this thing we could wrap around, uh, whereas Half-Life 3, it's like, like tomorrow you work on Half-Life 3, then it's okay. Then it's like, oh god. So, yeah, suspicions are right. And I don't blame them. Like, if you were trying to give an attack of, like, make the most, like, monumental, earth-shattering game next, then, yeah, holy shit, like, you're gonna be really scared to, to what, what, you know, what worked in Half-Life 2 can work in Half-Life 3, like, what, what exactly can it do to really know that, and if it's not anything above amazing, then they're, you know, gonna look as an as a disappointment. So I get that. I really do. I really do. Um... And then also in, during the interview, Valve also confirmed that vet, uh, Valve veterans like Portal 2 writers Eric uh, Wolpaw and Jay Pinkerton 
both of whom departed Valve back in 2017 have been working on Half-Life Alex as well. Quote, it was really easy to recruit, uh, recruit for this project, surprisingly enough, said Valve level designer uh, Daryl Cassell with a chuckle. Which, hey, you know, you know, it's, I'm not surprised. You know, you I, hey, if you get Mark Laidlaw and you get other people that want to make a Half-Life game, they'd be more than willing, my, my, my interpretation, more than willing to, to do it. So my four thoughts on this. First of all, when I first saw the trailer, I was super excited. Um, like I honestly, as as, as a as a, a Half Life fan, as a Valve fan, like any anything Half Life related, like I'm okay with. I would just be chopping at a bit. And when this comes out next year, I gotta find somebody to give your headsets somehow. I might get the Oculus Go because that's like two hundred bucks, and then I just need the cord to make it survive, and I can use that to play Half Life games. Um. So yeah, like I'm really excited for this, and um, yeah, I really am. So, um, am I mad? There's a VR game and not a just a straight up shooter. Yeah, honestly, yes. Um, I would have loved it if it was a traditional first person shooter like the previous Half Life games, but it wasn't. And obviously, there was there was talk and there was speculation regarding this and regarding to hey. Last time Half-Life came out, they really innovated the physics scene. Like they, when when they introduced the physics engine into some into Half-Life 2, every other game copied it or wanted to use the same tech. And I believe that Valve was thinking, how can we approach this, whatever Half-Life game it is, and maybe in, in, innovate in the same way. And VR was the logical next step, not only financially for their product and to uh, purpose. Uh, this, this game to sell VR headset but like as you saw it wasn't just for their VR headset this is for all VR headsets so they're definitely trying to innovate the the VR marketplace um, and as we talked about on the show like VR is very much a thing in the gaming industry uh, Sony is, has a great success with when it comes to PSVR um, Resident Evil 7 was a prime example of that. People were playing that game with VR for most of the time. It wasn't perfect. Obviously, some people had to take it off because of the motion sickness or anything else-wise. But there is a, there were a lot of headsets that were sold on PSVR. Um, I don't have the numbers when it comes to the other VR headsets in the market. But there is a market for it. That's why you still see PSVR... That's just why you see VR uh, games still being made... Not as as many as before, but it's still being made, and it's still something that people do want. Um, it's not as big and as huge as consoles per se or PC gaming, but it is a market. Now, would this game push VR headset to the next level to mainstream? Maybe, and I always say that maybe because. Obviously, one of the things we talked about in this podcast is that the fact that these VR headsets are so expensive to not only to buy and to wear um but to then you on top of that you have to have a very good pc to run it as well not to mention if you were trying to stream it at the same time so it's the the barrier to entry is just a price point um and i get it vr is very expensive it's expensive all hell and trying to make this as a marketplace thing like a, a mainstream theme is very hard the closest we have right now is psvr and the oculus go um, and right now, at that price range, $200, I think the PSVR is like $300, I want to say. Um, 
like it's it's at a decent price um, and I think that people would be more inclined to get it if it was cheaper if it was more mainstream but on the go so as far as tech wise tech is getting better with VR um, one of the things that I think I talked about in this podcast was the now with uh, with the Oculus Go um, they are now doing hand tracking so that you can actually they actually track there's a camera on top uh, and uh, and it actually tracks your hand movement rather than having physical things like you have every other VR uh, headset uh, have now um, and that's really cool like to me like that is awesome that is some, that is the next step we're getting closer and closer to that ideal uh, virtual reality um, of what you know it's mainstream it's on it's it's easy to pick up and go and it's you don't have to have much with it that's that's the goal that's the general thing in my in my perspective to have is like hey it'd be really cool if vr was easy to take does not require you to be tied to computer or you know wires where you might trip over yourself and you know break the headset and the pc at the same time so it's something that is it is definitely still have a lot of work to, to go to but when it comes to half of alex when it comes to pushing that narrative or that the innovation um, I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, graphically, it looks great. Like, it looks fantastic. It doesn't look like one of the other VR games where it's just kind of like, hey, generic game. Graphics are not that great. Um, unless it's like an experience, then it's not really worth picking up. This is a full-fledged game. This is a full-fledged uh, $60 campaign of Half-Life Alex of Alex Vance. Um, fighting the combine for the first time and you know prior to the events of uh, half-life 2 so and they kind of alluded to in the interview the, the, in that uh, jeff Kelly interview saying like you know hey if it's if this sells well then we'll probably make another half-life game if this doesn't sell well and this does not do well um this probably be the last time you see a half-life game or half-life anything so i have faith that it's going to be good just from the trailer just from the looks of it, like it looks like it's going to be a good game. It looks like it's been in the right hands. They got the right people working on it. And we'll have to wait and see when it comes out in March. March is going to be a hell of a year. Holy shit. As I said before, 2020 is going to be a hell of a year. Um, Half-Life is going to be in the mix of all of those March games. Um, you know, I'm going to look at it right now. March 2020 games releases. I'm just gonna look it up right now and see what the hell's coming out in March. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 January, February. Okay, so here's the list. Ooh, here's the list in March. So, in 2020, in March, this is about Wikipedia, by the way. You know what it is. Let's see. First off, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And not, in, not in this order, by the way. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Noah 2, Animal Crossing. Uh, New Horizons, Doom 64, Doom Eternal, Bleeding Edge, and Half-Life Alex. A hell of a lineup in March. Holy shit. Like, I'm looking at that list. One, two, three, four. That is four other huge games within that month. Does it say when exactly? Hang on. Let me see if I can find the release dates. So, March 3rd for Final Fantasy VII Remake at this moment. Noah 2, we got, let's see, uh, hang on, let's see, oh, that's weird, oh, that's for Noah, hang on, let me get the link wrong, maybe, 
They don't have anything for Node 2. Okay, so nothing on Node 2 is like regarding. Uh, Animal Crossing, uh, the new New Horizons coming out on March 20th, the same day as Doom Eternal, by the way. <laughs> and then half of Alex is, is, is March, but no, no exact timetable win. So yeah, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, no dark here, by the way, guys. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. And you're just, I'm just talking to, to a, uh, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a dark, uh, video, but like, yeah, like, so it's going to be a packed month for March. It's going to be very, it's going to be kind of hard for Half-Life Alex to kind of make its, its foothold in March with all those other games in there, but... This is Half-Life, this is Valve, like, people are going to be cl uh, clamoring for this. I think, if anything, um, oh, wait, these right here, okay. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is March 3rd, Nova 2 is March 13th, Doom and uh, Animal Crossing is March 20th, uh, okay, so, okay, so you got, I would say, you got, like, one or, like, the second week of, uh, no, I would say that the third week of March or the last week of March seems to be the opening that you can have for Half of Alex to, to kind of own. But I'm gonna, but I'll say this: like I think that regardless of where Half Life Alex uh, will will land, I think that you will it will do still do pretty well. And I think that if anything, the other companies are like gonna be obviously focused on their own thing, but afraid as shit because. Of Half Life now being back in the scene and back and being so, and being uh, sold on that month with those other games, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like with GTA, like game like obviously game companies have their schedules and have their way in terms of like hey we don't care what anybody else does on their games we're focusing on our own game when we put out our game we'll be out and release and we'll be happy. At the same time, they're like. I don't want to be a game company that would release a game, say, like when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out or when GTA came out or any other big, huge game because then they'll, they'll look at that and it's like, well, our sales are not going to do well because this other huge game is going to be happening on the same day or in the same time era. So, yeah. And I'm, and I'm just speaking out of my ass on that one. I could be completely wrong and I could be the fact that, you know, PR people are going to say like, oh, that's not the case. Like, you know, hey, game companies can release their games whenever we support them. At the same time, it's like you, get, you guys are here for, to make money. Whatever advantage you can get to make money, you know they're gonna get, they're gonna uh, they're gonna go and do so. So, if it means that Noah two or no, like oof, like say like Half Life X comes out on the week of Bleeding Edge, Bleeding Edge is gonna probably th uh, the companies look at that. It's like man. I hope we do well, but man, that's huge other game people are going to go buy. It's going to really might hurt us. So, yeah, we'll see. But regardless, I'm happy. I'm excited. I am going to get a VR headset or find some way to play it. Or maybe go to a friend's place and play VR for this, specifically for this game. Um, I cannot wait to see more information. There's going to be more information at the Game Awards, um, which I will have my full predictions of like who's going to win in each category. Um, I would say either this week or next week. I'm pretty sure at the very least the day before it happens. So, um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on everything regarding Half-Life Alex. And again, thank you guys for watching. Again, we'll have again what we'll, uh, content for this week, but next week we'll have content kind of in pre-game show uh, edits I put up uh, next week uh, since we'll all be back uh, from uh, Thanksgiving and we need to recover from all the food that we'll be eating and digesting and time with family. That's why too. 
So that being said, thank you for watching. I'll see you guys next time.